Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy all, this is Bob Nightingale, America's so-called sweetheart. He says what Liam says. I'm not sure about that, but you listen to Pod and Lansdowne. You know, it's a shame it's just me and you this evening, Liam, you and I. Not that I dislike taking some one-on-one time with my pal, but of all weeks for Jake to make a big life decision, moving out west for a couple months, big internship for him. We wish him well. But of all the weeks to not be on the show, the one right after he meets Newt fucking Gingrich at LAX. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a big one. I wish he was here to tell the story. But... Oh my god! Like, has he not been a part of the show for the last couple of years? This is like that. That's that's like a pot on Lansdowne Mad Lib right there. You couldn't write it any better. It's basically the fan fiction we received last week. <laughs> oh, we have to fucking read that. Don't don't yes. don't let me forget. Okay, we have to read because we did get the fan fiction. Uh, let me put that down in my in my notes here. Fan fiction, all caps. Do not forget with two exclamation points. And but Jake no. was supposed to read it too, which makes it even more perfect. Yeah, what are you gonna so. do? Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll delegate that to you at the end of the show. But the point is, for those of you who aren't aware, um, our fearless third co-host of the show, Jake Wonger, again, mentioned he's out west at in Los Angeles, the City of Angels. A couple of days ago, after we recorded last week, he touches down at LAX, and who does he run into but none other than the architect of the 1992 Republican <laughs> Revolution, Newt Gingrich, and he texts into the group, and Jake has a tendency to do this. He just goes like, oh my god, guys, guys, and it's like... It's, and he'll get, it's like cliffhanger. He builds yeah, he, the suspense. He, he holds it for five minutes. I was like, oh boy, what's this going to be? I'm like, is this going to be underwhelming? Could be Sounds a horrifying a tragedy. Nope, it's Newt. It's old Newt Gingrich. <laughs> I've been thinking about it multiple times a day, honestly, since, since it's happened. Because Jake has this ability to run into the most random people out of nowhere all the time he ran into what he ran into whitlock up in portland was this can't remember if this was during the this had to have been after the season sometime in october yep. november um god he run in he runs into like the jordan's furniture guy regularly yes Tom F, elliot yep um <laughs> El- elliot's pretty easy to spot with the ponytail at least yeah that's true um god who else does he have on his on his list well, I mean, he he didn't run into John Taffer, you know what I mean. He he went out oh, right. of his he way sought to him find out. John. He sought him out. But I still feel like that's you know notable enough, where, you know, you could still add that to the list. 
Did you have yeah. anything to add there, Liam? <laughs> That's all I got. This is already Jake to fill in the, the pod site. Um, also, shout out to Sam uh, at Red Schmucks on Twitter, uh, follower of the program, getting us the airbrushed picture of Jake and New Kingrich. <laughs> we might have to make that the uh, the episode picture when we tweet out the uh, the link for this episode, just so people know what we're talking about. But yeah, no, just random members of the pod. And also, the best touch of it all is that he's wearing the smiley hat while meeting New Kingrich. Smiley, envious of meeting his boy Newt. Uh, it couldn't have gone any perfectly. It really was. I mean, again, this—that's like that—that th- feels like a, an AI-generated POL picture. But no, that—that that is the real deal, Holyfield. So, no Jake this week. Wish he could have been able to re- recall the story himself. Maybe when we get him on the air next time. But not to be the case. In the meantime, though. We have Tom Werner, Certified Yapper, a.k.a. Liam. I am Bob Howery, a.k.a. Fitz. This is Pod on Lansdowne. Glad you could join us for another installment of It's Over, the uh, ongoing series of Pod on Lansdowne episodes <laughs> where we talk about it being over. This is volume, I think, 57 now. We're on uh, Liam going into this episode. A lot to get into. Um, a, 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 kinda, a, a reckoning it almost feels like as we hit the you know, the home stretch of the offseason. We're only about a month away until pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, only, a, what, a week or two away? Maybe three weeks away from your on-the-spot on assignment day. of Truck, truck day? day? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's got to be three weeks from now. It's usually, like, that first if that. Uh, that first or second week in February. Like Yes. You're, you're, some, somewhere get... around, like, the, the 10th or whatnot is, is what I'm be, imagining. Yeah, that sounds about right. you got to be Johnny on the spot for that one, reporting live on the scene. I know I've said that before. I think it, it, might it, be, uh, I, it might be a crowd that's out for blood. i got to say. They, I mean, they rolled, out, they, they rolled out Wally and Tessie last year, um, but it was also very cold, so not a lot of people were out there. So I'm interested to see if the weather cooperates. You might get, you might get an angry mob this time around these poor guys just throwing bats in there like i don't have anything to do with this <laughs> yeah. just, just the poor clubbies <laughs> you know i'm just I'm, I'm making minimum wage right now just trying to you know load up load up this truck with some balls and some gloves and stuff like that come on yeah, I, don't, I didn't do anything um but no let, let, let's start getting into the into the brass tacks of the last uh last couple of hours really it's, it's, it's literally like thankfully they've they've given us a bunch of Timely to talk stuff about to talk today about. because there yeah. wasn't there wasn't much else coming into today. I gotta say, yeah, there's really, I mean, yeah, there's no other transactions. I guess that's kind of part of the story of what we're going to be talking about. There's not many other transactions, but yeah, for once we actually get some timely news as we're recording. So maybe our luck is changing for the better in 2024. Two articles dropping uh, on this Tuesday, January the 16th of the year of our Lord 2024. I'm trying I to did, stall. I did find a, uh, a a third one, by the way. Fits. You did so find a third one. It's when we articles. go to break, I'm gonna I'm gonna skim it real quick. It's from Catillo as of like 30 minutes ago. Um, is it Catillo or is it Catillo? I think it's Catillo. More more like Hispanic Spanish. Is yeah, that, yeah I think that's why he's he's like the the Mexican correspondent. I think that's the whole bit, right? Well, maybe that makes it a bit that he pronounces it like a Y. That The point doesn't matter. We'll get into that third <laughs> article later. You want to start with the Breslau one from the Boston Globe? Want to start there? Let's do it. Why not? Let's start there. All Pick right. Pick it off with Pete. Pete Abraham released an article. 
There's an ad on here. Well, he, he talked with Craig Breslow. I was trying to read the headline for it. I'm sure you've all seen it at this point. I've got it for you. The headline, Craig Breslow acknowledges that it's been a challenge, quote, to find starting pitching for the Red Sox. And certainly it has. And it goes in here. I mean, we could sit here and just read the article to you. We're not going to do that. Read a couple of the interesting excerpts here. The big one that made the rounds on social as Pete Abe was teasing it on on the app formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. The big quote here, as he's talking about, you know, having to hold on to the big three prospects and Anthony Meyer and Teal. As I'm trying to, when he was hired in October, Breslow said he believed ownership was committed to building a contender and would spend what it took to reach that goal. What's his answer now? And this is quoting Breslow. That's a fair question. As I've gotten to know this organization better through the conversations I've had with ownership, they absolutely are still supportive of assembling a World Series team as quickly as we possibly can. But I think the reality is that it's going to require a step forward from the young position players. It's going to require the build-out of a talent pipeline of arms that we can acquire, we draft, and we can develop internally. And it's going to require aggressive player development in the minor leagues and in the major leagues. So guys that we think are the next wave, Meyer and Anthony and Teal, that group, are not just big leaguers, but impact big leaguers. The convergence of all those pieces is the fastest path to a World Series team. We want to build this thing in a way that, that, that excuse me, <laughs> I was doing pretty well up until that point. <laughs> We want to build this thing in a way that there's not just quality once in a while, but there's quality paired with consistency. And there's other parts of this article that we can get into, specifically who he names as the candidates for the pitching rotation. But I want to start with that quote there, Liam, because obviously that's a bit disappointing to read as we start the new year and we're a couple weeks away towards spring training and in the wake of two straight back-to-back fifth-place finishes in the basement of the American League East. That's disappointing because you take that initially, and the thing that jumps out in my mind is, okay, so we're punting in 24 again. Okay, good to know. Like, But with that, at the very least, and I understand this is grasping at straws, I understand that this is, I wouldn't even call it a consolation prize. It's kind of pathetic to call it a consolation prize, but at the absolute bare minimum, at least someone's telling the fucking truth at on Jersey Street nowadays. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it took us this uh, long. You know? No, I got I gotta say, I feel like um A spade is finally being called a spade right now. I, I feel like um like Stephen A or, or Skip Bayless. Like I have to take like a deep breath before I sort of go oh, in Lord. here. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I try to be I try to lean towards the positive side here on the program. I think we all do, but um, maybe not Jake, but hi, hi Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jake, Jake lives for it. It's so over. Um, <laughs> so I guess it's kicks. I don't know, man. Like it just feels, and I had just been getting the sense over the last couple of weeks, um, post Giolito and, and once Yamamoto was off the board and then Shota was off the board, like just kind of felt like, you know, reading the tea leaves, like, and no, nobody's coming. There's there's no one else on the way, really. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it feels like reading this article from from Pete today. I I felt like it was 
just like the same comments we've been getting from Heim of the last four years. So it's like, it's just giving me meet the new boss, same as the old boss vibes, where it's not necessarily baseball operations. That's like, oh, we're not, it's not like we're not being aggressive, um, both internally or externally, but I don't know. They're putting a lot of faith in guys that are already on the roster. And we've seen what's happened the last two years when that's happened um, or when they've sort of leaned that way. And guys, it hasn't really worked. They've hung (laughs) around. They've hung around for, you know, half the season into late July, early August. You start talking Um, to yourself into, you know. Yeah, like maybe like a little a little late run. You sneak in as a wild card. But the rosters they've constructed the last two years where they've tried to work around the margins, they're like flat out. They just they're not getting it done like this. This constant um, tooling around looking for looking for value elsewhere around the 40 man roster and consistently churning arms up and down. It's. It just it it hasn't worked, quite frankly. And I get it. You know, it, I love this spot the organization's in right now. Like from a player development standpoint, I think I'm but for the, the organization, for the, like the farm system, like not uh, like full stop. Yeah, of the situation. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, <laughs> the major, I, I, excluding just the to major clarify, league product, yeah. excluding the major league product. I I am very optimistic about where they are from that development standpoint. But where where is the help from the major league roster coming from? You've even heard Cora say it in the last few months where he's like, we're not here to build the best farm system in the league. Like, we're here to win games at the major league level. And you haven't really done anything to make me or the casual fan at this standpoint think they're going to be any better than they have been the last two years. Um. And I mean, obviously, we're sickos here on the program. We're still going to watch every night. Yeah, hold that but, thought for later. I did want to yeah. bring up oh, that yeah. sort of thing. But, you know, going through this winter, it's, it's just been demoralizing. And I couldn't tell you, maybe like going into 2020 post-Mookie trade, like where I've just been kind of feeling like, what is there really to look forward to with this roster? And obviously, like, that's that's extremist talk. Obviously, there are exciting pieces still on the major league team, but just from a fan standpoint, you're like, what what is going to get me out to the ballpark to see these guys? And that's just kind of how I've been feeling all day. And you know, yes, we keep saying it. There's there's still a lot of off season left, but uh, the sun's getting real low. No. Uh, it doesn't sound like Montgomery's happening. I don't think a trade's coming either, just based on the asking prices. So, I mean, you you said it off the bat. Like, at least someone's being honest with us at this point. Like, yeah, the curtain's down. It's he's essentially telling us what we've kind of felt like ha- has been the case this entire time. Um, but I don't necessarily love the truth is coming one on the same day. And this is just, this is a personal thing. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that all these pieces are coming out today in these interviews with, with Craig and Tom Werner. Um, yeah. yeah, With 72 hours to go before winter weekend today is the same day that season ticket holders 
um, could renew. So just Conspir- the t- I don't. They're they're really good at picking their timing. Tinfoil hat on Lansdowne right now. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I don't I, think I, it's I, a coincidence. I, I, especially but, especially with Winter Weekend coming up. Maybe they didn't pay any mind to season ticket renewals and whatnot. But hey, it's all happening this week. So. You know, it's very interesting you mentioned that. I didn't even think of that. I think that's a pretty that, I mean, that's at least some good food for thought because this entire offseason for the most part, especially when it comes to the ownership group and even a bit, you know, from the front office from Breslow and company, it's we we've said it on the show. It's been Fort Knox. You haven't really heard a ton of stuff one way or another. It says right here in this article that this is the first time Breslow has spoken publicly about the acquisition of Giolito. And that happened a couple of weeks ago at this rate. This is the first time he spoke publicly about the acquisition of Tyler O'Neill, believe it or not, according to this article. And that was in early December. So I think that's an interesting point you raise, considering how quiet it's been from the front office, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, maybe it's nice that they're kind of moving in the shadows. We don't know what the next move is going to be. Never let them know your next move, right? That that video of the guy stepping out of the car and doing all the random stuff, that might just be Craig Breslow going forward. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. You, you have all those moving things, in, in, you know, in place, and we know how – you know, there's whispers of how things work in, you know, with the media for not only Red Sox, but any other teams, you know, leaking information, things like that, um, that we could only hope to aspire to one day here on Pod on Lansdowne. But that's not the point. That's an interesting thought. Outside of that, I agree a lot with what you said. Um, I, I would say just based off of some of the willingness early on, we can only base what we've seen from Breslow. Like we can only base on what we've seen so far. But at least he seems a little bit willing to think outside of the box and be aggressive, trading sale, trading for Dugo, going after, you know, potentially a, a high value sort of a guy in Tyler O'Neill if things start to click for him. I think it's a little different in terms like, like hearing what he says and looking what he does. I think it's a little different than the Bloom situation, but I do get your point in that. Um but yeah, as we get closer to truck day and spring training, I think you're right. It's tough to see reinforcements coming via trade or via free agency because there hasn't been a ton to suggest that anything seismic is coming. There's been no indication that, you know, that we can expect that outside of one quote that someone walked back and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. All of the big pieces for pitching, for example, that have come off of the market. Nola, I wouldn't, I would hesitate to even qualify as that because that was a pretty quick extension. But you look at Montgomery at this rate, what you mentioned, probably not going to happen. You know, come to accept that. Snell doesn't sound possible at this rate either. Two hundred million? No, I don't think that's happening. Right. The Werner, and again, we can go into it. He thought that they were in a mix for Yamamoto, but. To quote Jake, the game was rigged from the start there. Don't know how seriously we were involved in those negotiations. Any of these big guys outside of maybe, you know, Imanaga, you haven't heard much of the Red Sox being involved in those conversations. Now, again, is that a matter of them being tight-lipped? I don't know. The point is, there hasn't been much to suggest that anything is coming there. There's no reason to believe it based off of what we've seen, not only this off season, but the last couple of off seasons in terms of, you know, these seismic sort of real, you know, changing transactions. 
The biggest yeah. one we've had in recent years is Trevor Story, and you only got him on a discount because he was fucking hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was yeah. Off an it's like, like I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, that that and Yoshida were Heim's biggest signings, and I don't know, man. Like Story for 140. If if that's the most you've shelled out, I mean, okay. The the ownership apologists will be like, oh, they gave Devers, you know, three hundred million. Sure. Yes, yes, sure. But that, that should be a okay, no brainer. But literally, I don't know. It's it's the bare minimum. I, it's three hundred million, but it's also the bare minimum after you lost Bogarts and, and that's, Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you only um, locked down one of those kinda, three. You kind of had you, you had one option there. Um, God, could you? I just nightmare scenario. Imagine if twenty one never happened and the Devers extension never got done. Yeah, some people are like, oh, well, maybe we should have just, you know, traded Devers when we had the chance. Absolutely or maybe we should not. trade him. Up. No, because then that's one more fucking hole to fill. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, what do you, no. We're looking for impact players. Um, yeah. And Christ, a guy, even, a guy who could drive in 100 plus runs is an impact player. Even like fucking Tom Werner said it. I, I think it was the same day he made the full throttle comment where he's like, we need players with high war. Yeah, no kidding. So where are they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if you trade that guy, and again, um, I want to transition here. And again, he mentions, you know, not wanting to get a controllable pitching asset at the price of, you know, a Teal or an Anthony or a Marcella, which I do get that. I understand that 100%. Um, and Pete Abe astutely points out that with the way some, uh, you know, that, that the free agent market has been going, and also, given the prospects that the Red Sox have in the system, maybe that's not enough to woo uh, Lazardo or you know your George Kirby or Logan Gilbert. Yeah, anyone I mean, might have thought, but I think that that's my biggest hangup. I'm like, we don't need to gut the farm. Just go spend money on Montgomery. He fits the team perfectly. Mm-hmm. He's exactly what the team needs. Mm-hmm. All it takes is money. And right now, especially if you move Kenley, you have the money to go out and sign a guy like that. Yeah, you have space to still be comfortably under that first luxury tax tier, you know. Yeah, so even if you choose to do so. So I just I I don't understand, especially, and I don't know if we want to completely transition into the the pitching staff, but like, well, yeah, I wanted to. Oh, I hit my mic. I I did want to mention that Breslow sees uh, Giolito, Bayo, Cutter, and Pavetta. Uh, being identified within the rotation, which is good. I like that part. That That's fine. It's not totally moving the needle, but that's to be expected there. Like, okay, whatever. And if you add a Montgomery to that, it's like, okay, you can squint that's, and see a, a That's service. what I'm saying. Like, people, um, like some people, some folks on Twitter are like, that's still a solid staff, which I agree with. They're going to eat your, your innings. Montgomery but, and Giolito are going to give you 175, and then well, no, I was can get saying, you north 150. Even that to my like, that's that was my point though. It was like people were saying like, if you didn't add anybody else, as it stands, it's a solid rotation, and I agree. It probably gets you to that same mid July, early August. You're around the fringe of a wild card, but you're still missing a ton of innings if that's the rotation you're going in with. So yeah, okay, add Montgomery, and literally all our problems in the world would be solved. If Jordan Montgomery came to then Boston. you, you package. I think you, of that. You could package a Hauk and a couple of prospects. There's your right-handed bat that you can get. You know, make that money match with whatever Hauk is making. I don't know who it could be. 
You know what I mean? But you you could. No, that's, I, like I wouldn't even move any arms after that. Like I would just, you, you don't have to. You just know? sign Montgomery, and then cool. That's your five. Your five is set. And then okay, if someone goes down, which inevitably be how can get inevitably a spot they or, will. Yeah, Whitlock can get Whit a spot start. Or Winkowski. Wink, if they really, which I still don't understand stretching him out. But okay. <laughs> Worst case scenario, he's your third line of defense. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that in this in this article that Hauk, Whitlock, and Winkowski would be competing for a spot. I originally had been about the idea to make Garrett Whitlock a starter. I've kind of shied off of that since over the last year or so. I still think he could be a good enough of a pitcher, but I really think he'd be better effective being that kind of stretch guy, two innings, you know, a couple times a week. Um same with Hauk, same with Winkowski, um, which makes it all if the more maddening why they broke, broke at that. Don't fix don't, it. Right? Because there's no other, I mean, there's no other huge arms in the system who's ready to go into the rotation now. You know what I mean? Sure isn't. So, again, <laughs> you, you said if it just costs the money, but it seems like we, we, we've kind of we, we've kind of gone past that point. So, again, long story short, I appreciate the honesty from Breslow. But it's still disappointing to read, uh, as it looks to be another one of those, you know, you're right around 500 sort of years, you know. Hey, I mean, I'm just maybe... happy there's like, okay, at the very least, silver lining, we got some transparency. Right, which, exactly. Which, I mean, least. should be the bare minimum. But with them, with ownership at, at the very least, I don't, I don't put it on Craig. Like, the transparency has been the biggest issue. Even when they're winning, they're not transparent. And so that's just a, fucking just fucking shoot it to us straight. Like, and that's, that's a, yeah, that's, that's all good, I want. Yes. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep going off there, but that's a good transition into the second article that we have to talk about today. But first, add time. We're back. Pono lands down. No Jake this time, but it's Fitz and Liam here. Back at you. Talking more busted red stockings. Off-season baseball. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you most certainly can. The show is at Pod on Lansdowne. I am at Fitzimo Pena. Liam is at Liam Fantasy underscore. He gets the second mention, considering he is not playing hooky today, unlike Jake, who is at Jake Wallinger. If you have a question or comment for us, you are more than welcome to call our voicemail line, 617-420-2431. Leave us a little message there, and I uh, could be featured on the show. Again, it's 617-420-2431. Tom Warner, certified yapper, like your namesake says right there, Liam. Let's get into it. The 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 full throttle era, are we officially calling it over now that he's walked it back? I, I would say so. I would say today marked the end. The throttle is dead. Long live the throttle. It was an unforgettable three months, I got to say. <laughs> I mean, it is the ultimate, like, just fuck you to throw right back to FSG. I mean, it's like, at, at, the throttle, very, baby. at the very least, it's going to go down in, in Red Sox lore. Um, so we'll be telling our grandkids about the full throttle offseason. I still think we should use it. Like three years what? from now, we, we, we draft someone in the Rule 5 draft 2028 or whatever. Full throttle. Full throttle. More than a we feel in well, TikTok. If you know if... If the team miraculously is, you know, is that what the sweatshirts are going to say on the, punch, the dugout? Yes. <laughs> the, 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 the playoff, the playoff sweatshirts will say full throttle. 
you go through the years of the Red Sox playoff runs. 03, Cowboy up. 04, yep. they're the, the idiots. idiots. 13, you know, the Beards, the Bearded beards. Brothers. Do damage 18, in 18. Do damage. <laughs> Full throttle in 24. <laughs> right. every, every, every good year has a has a saying for the most part. So That's our little saying. What was 07? 07 have anything? Just Bobby Kelty. Bobby <laughs> Just Bobby. We love Bobby. Bobby. So, second article, and I guess the third one kind of part lays into that as you uh, looked it over, both from Mass Live. Sean McAdam uh, reporting the major one here. Red Sox's Tom Werner on full throttle vow. Quote, not the most artful comment. Now, right off the bat, Liam, not a saying that anyone has. I'm not talking about full throttle. I'm talking about not the most artful comment. (laughs) Who fucking... That sounds like he had, like, a Kamala Harris, like, short circuit moment. You know what I mean? Like, not the most uh, artful moment. Did you mean to say poetic? That would have made more sense. Or not just the most poetic in general. It wasn't thoughtful whatsoever. Yes, yeah, and, and I guess I guess you know poems are art. To be fair, so I guess he's not technically wrong, but just it sounds clunky a little bit. That you know, putting my editor hat on a little bit. Not, not the most artful comment. Yeah, you're right. You say not the most artful comment is not the most poetic comment. But I digress. Um, again, mentions the full throttle uh, quote when it came to its approach this off season for the team. Uh, the quote that Mr. Warner provided over the phone to McAdams, quote, <laughs> such a bullshit, quote, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the most artful way of saying what I wanted to say, Warner told Mass Live by phone Tuesday afternoon, which is that we're going to be pressing all lever- levers to improve the team. In the end, nobody's happy with our performance the last few years. Some years we go after somebody who's about to be a free agent or was a free agent as it pertains to Trevor Story or Rafi Devers. We felt very strongly that we were going to compete for Yamamoto's services, but in the end he went to another team. But we felt like we were in the mix and we were going to be competitive. We certainly aren't happy with the current roster as it was at the end of last year. So if I was going to say it again, I would say that we're going to be pressing all levers and weren't going to be happy with just one method. That includes free agency, trades, or talents from triple and double A. I think that's really what I meant. Another editor thing here. You don't really press levers, do you? You pull levers. You pull pull levers! He had a second chance to fix the quote. And A, it still sounds like, like, I mean, if you're pressing, if you're pressing all the levers, or pulling all the levers, I should say, still sounds like you're going full throttle a little bit. You know what I mean? That's a lot that's, of levers. You'll be pulling them. That's the backup shirt. Pulling yeah. levers. Yeah. The, the front, yeah. Full throttle, pulling, P-U-L-I-N apostrophe levers. <laughs> pulling levers. Pulling levers on lands down. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a it's a mess in terms of the syntax and the grammar here. It's an absolute mess. But even in, in I mean, terms I don't of think the I meaning, get it because it's a phone interview. Then you're trying to transcribe, so it's like, I, 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 yeah. I still don't like the quote because I still think he's such full of shit here. Again, you want to talk about honesty, transparency compared to the alternative? I think this is the alternative. Reading through this article, I don't I don't believe him. Here, in the end, this is quoting uh, Werner again. In the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll that we look at as much as trusting that Breslow is going to deliver on his assurance that we're going to be competitive, end quote. Cap, I don't 
with it. I don't believe that, that one. That little end piece kind of rubs me the wrong way because you already saw them put Heim. They pushed Heim right under the Mack truck. And now you're like, oh, well, you know, it's on Craig. Yeah, this feels like another kind of nudging towards like, oh, don't look at us. Right. You don't like the team. Talk to Mr. Breslow over here. But I mean, I will say about the initial comment and I, I tweeted it before this article even came out, before he walked it back, um, where literally I was just like Tom Werner mindlessly making the full throttle comment. And it was the certified yapper meme of the cat with its mouth full. <laughs> and genuinely, I... I think that's how it played out. Like, I don't think he put any thought into that comment. You know, it was what right at the end of the Breslow press conference. So he's probably feeling juiced. Um, and it's a Michael Scott just, moment. Yeah. He just put his foot in his mouth and didn't, didn't think, Scott's it would ever, tots. <laughs> didn't think it would ever come back to bite him. But Hey, when, like you said earlier, when, the the front office is Fort Knox and we're not getting any leaks. There's no word out there. There's no report. We're not hearing from Craig. We're not hearing from John Henry. And that's the only quote we have to run with. Buddy, it's Boston. You've been here for 20 years. Like you better know that's going to get run into the ground. So it's one it's one I, thing if like you or I on Twitter say, yeah, we need to go full throttle now. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that, that's like fucking fan banter. You know what I mean? It's just, just shooting the, the shit the number two owner. You're He's the, the chairman of the team. He's the chairman. <laughs> Like he's a and, rich guy who has a lot of stock in this. We never see John Henry anymore, so the only person we see is Tom Werner once at a blue moon. And then outside of that, they just give us Sam Kennedy every time. So, like, if you're only going to speak to the media that often, you need to be picking your words a lot more carefully. And I just think he didn't pay it any mind. Diary of just, the mouth. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just came out, and that's what it was, and that's what we had to work with, and... Boy, did it not go not go well <laughs> in hindsight. Again, I mean, but now as he has a, a chance to walk this back, there's a lot of bullshit I see in this article too. Mentions here, McAdam mentions ticket prices at Fenway are among the highest in the game, and Werner was asked whether that was inconsistent with the team's current payroll, which now which for now sits at around two hundred million dollars, some thirty five million dollars or so shy of the first CBT threshold of two hundred thirty seven. Which again, like I mentioned a week or two ago, that should not be the be all end all. I understand why they may not want to approach that. It's a philosophical difference. We've mentioned that during the fucking labor negotiations. I don't have to relitigate all that. That's not the fucking point. Warner goes quote. I think we need to be competitive. We were competitive for the early part of the season last year, and then obviously the wheels came off, but I think the fans expect us to be relentless about a competitive team. The thinking behind the trade that we made in moving Sale, and I have a great fondness for Chris Sale, was not about shedding salary as much as it was having more competitive pitching going forward and more control of competitive pitching. I guess the message is that we are confident that we're going to field a competitive team and that we're going to let Craig do what he does best, which is to build... Exactly that. It feels like put, more bullshit. Putting the onus on Craig. Second Exactly. Time. No sense of ownership to be like, okay, I understand why people are pissed off about, about raising the expectations even higher than what it already is, which we're already at a, no pun intended, fever pitch. How high the expectations come with, you know, being a Boston, a Boston team in general, but definitely the Red Sox. 
You know, it sounds fucking corny to be like, in Boston, it means more. But, like, it's fucking true. It's it's, it's a rabid sort of a fan base. Of course, the expectations are going to be high. So then when you rile them up with the fucking full throttle quote, of course this is the pushback you're going to get. Of course you're going to be getting questions to see if the Fenway Park experience is worth it. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the show as well, because that's a point I do want to bring up. But, man, it just... It, it is... Again, going back to your point, it's interesting that these came out, these two articles came out on the same day where one, at least, Breslow is being transparent in his thought process, and the other, it's, I, I have no reason to believe that Werner is 100% sincere here. What 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 context of that, what, what prior history of them being 100% honest do I have to, to go off if I don't? I think he's full of shit again. I just, I don't understand kind of what happened to ownership like and it's tom warner especially and i know he's just kind of like a goober to begin with but like i let's go there's there's a quote in francona's book that like i always come back to and it stood out for just god knows the reason but it stuck with me for years where i guess it was the final day of the season in 2006 we weren't making the playoffs because everyone got hurt in like the second half um they still won 86 games and i think tom warner was on the field with tito and was just kind of like man what a shit year and tito's like was like kind of taken back because he was like man like we still won 86 games like with half a roster and it's just kind of like now you hear comments from warner and i'm just like i don't know man it's not it's not the same guy i don't know and this is this total talks sports talk radio now but it's like i don't know if they like really have the same i don't know if there's that much gusto there anymore there's not I, enough juice they, they, so, they have their know. four four rings that they're looking to expand their portfolio now again people getting upset about the mbappe rumors and whatnot like that's totally different money than what the red Sox are dealing with with fsg i understand the optics of that don't seem great but a I, your Reds aren't going to be getting Mbappe in the first speaking, place. But even if no, they did, that's, that, that's separate money. That's not the, like, that doesn't impact Red Sox operations as far as I understand it. I will laugh my ass off, though, if, well, John Henry, we learned today, is not going to win a weekend over scheduling yeah. conflict. Um, and Liverpool are playing at Bournemouth on Sunday. So I will, I, it's not at Anfield, so I don't expect him to be there. <laughs> yeah, he goes. It would, it would be so funny if he ends up. At Bournemouth. Away to for... Bournemouth, right? Yeah. It'd be one thing <laughs> he, if it was he like loves the South Coast. If that was <laughs> if it was like if it's this upcoming Arsenal Liverpool game, if it's if it's United, right? Like right. or if they're if they're playing City, like <laughs> even if they're playing Everton, like that's the local rival, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if like yeah. maybe the last time he gets to see one. good maybe it's the last time he gets to see Goodison Park again in Everton. Shout out um Shout out Dan, Dan Sakator. He's a he's a he's a toffee. Um, but um, man, that would be fucking hilarious if he if he ditches this. I, see. As soon as as soon AFC as I saw the scheduling conflict, I, I went to look at Liverpool's schedule, and I wish it was like a, if it was a Friday afternoon or Saturday game, I'd be like, okay, he might definitely be there. Since it's Sunday and away, I don't think he will. But no. you never know. Never know. It would, it would know be funny. Done. I think that would make it worth it to miss winter weekend. But back, back, <laughs> back to the point, like, 
like uh, the optics of you know if they were to somehow get Kylian Mbappe, Liverpool. That yeah, the optics of that in a Red Sox context wouldn't be great. Um, and sometimes perception can be reality. Um, adding the the Penguins to your portfolio doesn't look great optics wise. Now they want to get into the. NBA, like a, the the, the worst kept some... secret is that they're going to partner with LeBron to get the expansion team Vegas in team. Vegas. You know, it's the worst kept secret. Uh, there was someone put out on Twitter, and I'll preface this: I have no idea how the money works, but it was an interesting, at least, comment that made me think. Like they're about to invest so much money in these real estate projects right around Fenway. I don't know how that money. I think Jen McCaffrey of the Athletic pointed that out. Did she, because did, did, I didn't see a full article on it or anything, but it was like, I don't know. And th- this is something we could, we could talk about because for months, because who knows when that project's even starting, but I don't know how that money works. So that would be a more legitimate gripe if they're like, oh, we're holding on to money for the real estate projects as opposed to investing in the team, which, because also- that would make more sense to me that those funds are more connected because it's a Red Sox project backed yeah. by fsg so i i don't know how that money works maybe i sound like an idiot to someone who actually <laughs> understands this and any, any real estate knowers uh this. please yeah, slide like, into the please, dms come on um we'd like because well, i mean god all these sports teams man it's real estate projects real estate projects around the ballpark so i don't know if that money comes into play or not i imagine it doesn't let's be real just like the liverpool stuff that money doesn't cross over but I don't know. You're investing all this money. You're literally named Fenway Sports Group. We're talking full throttle at a certain point. That does boost the valuation of the for? Red Sox, though, down the line. If you're revitalizing the area, oh, sure. you're adding your, your yuppie shops and, and, and whatnot, you know what I mean? I just can't see the team or the ownership group that's named Fenway Sports Group ever selling the Red Sox. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that. I don't think it'll ever happen. I think that's a pipe dream. Um and those are my thoughts on on them selling because I don't think it's happening. I, I think Linda Linda will be the principal owner if and when, you know. Well, it happens to us all. So, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but again, like it's you're right. It, it does. You kind of just have to ask yourself to it. Though. I mean, because Henry was the guy who would like like respond personally to emails to fans who were upset back in the day. Before 2000, like he would, like someone wrote to him and said something about like, oh, we need to do this. Like he would take the time out to write back. Um, I, I, I That's anecdotal. I, I, there's a friend of mine who has been a season ticket holder and he said, you know, s- sent that along once and he, and he got a personal reply from Henry. He would never fucking do that in a million years. Now, no, spe- speaking of like, just like just not an interest. personalized stuff. And this is such a minor gripe. And I know we made a joke about it on Twitter that we had to take down after the fact. <laughs> mm, I wonder who sent it. But um, as a season ticket holder, I got a Christmas card from the Red Sox. And oh, wait, that was, was you who said that. Yeah. Oh, so I was a well, blind no, no, no. chicken. <laughs> I, I didn't end up making the meme or sending the tweet um, as as disclaimer. Okay, because it was, so was Jake. <laughs> um, but uh, – but, you know, it's just like uh, you got a little Christmas card, you got a little ornament, and I don't know, there wasn't anything, like, personal about it. It didn't, it doesn't, like, I don't know, the Red Sox to me, like, it feels like a community. Like, you know, we, it's all point you of- and I, you and I and Jake have gotten to know each other through the Red Sox. 
Yes. And I've gotten to know so many other people through the Red Sox. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I think I want the organization to sort of show that they understand that. Whether or not it's, you know, just little things like, I don't know, you toss Sam Kennedy or Alex Cora's signature on your little Christmas card. Be like, oh, that's a nice touch. Yeah, even, like, if it's, even if it's, it's like, printed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like it's just little things like like that where you're like, ah, okay, well, thanks for the Christmas card. Which in a cut, like if if you're not a, if you don't fucking follow this, if like, first of all, if you don't follow this and you're at this point of the podcast, what the fuck are you doing? Like, put on some music <laughs> or something like that, man. Like, you, this is not the spot you want to be. But you're you're right. Like, you you could be on the outside of this sort of bubble looking in. And be like, that's a ridiculous thing to complain about. You didn't get a, you know, just a and I think, boilerplate okay, well, like I'll, thing I'll to it. This. But I, but I agree with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's is this just another part of the fucking portfolio for FSG, or do they truly care about this shit? Yeah, and I, I think mean, they did I a better say, job of the, showing and, that they cared about the shit in the past. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I will, I will. Uh, no, well, I can't preface it anymore, but I will say like the. The, the Christmas card irking me definitely comes from a place of I have worked in a professional baseball front office before and the people I worked with like made a point to do those little things. So when I see or I receive something or see something from like my childhood team and it lacks that little touch, yeah. I think that's what irks me where it's like that feels like it would be a no brainer, but now I'm just rambling. Yeah, I'm, but just airing, I'm airing grievances. Another anecdotal most, thing. Most minor, but. Another anecdotal thing to bring up. There's a friend of mine who worked for another MLB team in their season ticket office. And he's like, he's like, you need to give all those like little things all the time. You know what I mean? Je- je- that's just good business in the first place. But then also to add on to it, like, again, it's a fucking communal thing. There, I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it again. Sports are not a directly transactional thing it's not just all business as people want to make it out to be at least from a fandom perspective you know this is community that we're talking about these are things that are passed down from generation to generation you know what this is actually a really good point to transition into my fenway point so oh yeah let me take a quick step away and then i'll continue this point right away all right our rant uh, we're airing grievances it's you'll listen you'll hear (laughs) Taking a step away, and then we'll go right back into it. All right, we're back. I don't want to forget my point. I didn't want to wait too long there on the onto the pause, but that'll be a fine enough of pause for the show. So, anyways, talking about community in, in terms of sports, how it's not just transactional stuff. Um, I'm able to write in podcast about the Red Sox because I've been shooting the shit with guy like you mentioned. You alluded to a couple of minutes ago. Guys like you, guys like Jake, friends that we've made all over the timeline who have their own podcasts or writing on their own blogs. It's great to read all that, listen to all that, and come together as a community for it. It's not just this business transaction A to B, um, which is a good transition into some things that I've seen. This Again, this is anecdotal, too. But on the timeline, there's been a lot of discourse that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed the same thing, Liam. And I hear... I mean, I, I think a good litmus test is hearing it from your dad. I hear it from my dad in terms of like, <laughs> ooh, they're going to be less and less people at the stands at Fenway Park. And the things you see online 
again, the things I hear from my dad, um, there, there are people suggesting that they're just not going to follow the team, go to Fenway. All of that, I think, is 100% justified, people doing that. I also think it's 100% justified if, justified if people still want to like be sickos like us, watch game in and game out, go to Fenway, whatever you can. I think people are justified 100% one way or the other. When you have what appears to be an apathetic sort of a ownership group, I can 100% understand why people wouldn't want to spend their hard-earned money on the team, right? You know, you you, you are in you feels like you have a personal stake when you're buying tickets, you're buying $45 beers, you're getting hats, you're getting snacks, all that kind of stuff. You're doing that even a couple times a year to then not see that money as you perceive it being invested back into the roster and then saying, you know, I'm not going to provide money to this. I'm not providing, you know, more financial, you know, I, I, I can't even think of the fucking word. Just money, money. How about that? Just put it simple. I'm not giving more money to this entity that prints fucking money. I can 100% understand that on the other end of it. Like if you do want to spend your money there at Fenway park, I mean, around that community, going with friends, just enjoying an entertaining day at the park just because you love baseball and you love the Red Sox. You follow them for years. I 100% am, am cool with that. I'm more in that camp. Like, I'm still going to go to fucking Fenway. You know what I mean? Maybe that makes me a sucker. Maybe that makes me part of the problem. You can think that all day. I don't I don't give a sing. I don't give a fuck. You, you can say that all you want. I enjoy going to Fenway. I enjoy being taken out to the ball game. I just like watching baseball in person and I followed this team my entire fucking life. I am too far gone. I will be going to Fenway. But if you do want to take the stance of I'm not going to Fenway because I don't feel like they deserve my money, that's 100% justified too. Is that a middleman sort of take? 100%. I'm fine with people making fun of me saying middleman fits or some shit like that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Centrist. Yeah, we're lefty, righty, and centristy here, you know. Uh, respect. I'm holding blood feast here for respectable bipartisan. Um, please, God, let us, let, let us nuke Yankee Stadium just one more time before I die. Um, but it's just there are people staunchly one way or the other. Like, I'm still going. People who are boycotting are crazy or like, I'm not giving my money to this. You're You're part of the problem if you're going to Fenway. It's neither. Like, FSG is still going to make a ton of money one way or the other. And maybe if they saw some empty people in the stands, maybe that would change their tune. Or maybe they would see that as a sign not to invest. Oh, people don't actually care. I don't fucking know the answer to that one way or the other. That's a great point. Like, I have no idea what they're ever thinking. They, they, they switch up I have no idea. Months. So what, what I know... Thinking, what the strategy right? is, exactly. what the message is. What so I, I know is, is I've done this shit for as, almost, about as long as I can remember. Not podcasting, just being a Red Sox fan, you know what I mean? I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to sit through the fucking Dining Playbook and Charlie Moore Outdoors commercials on Nessun just about every night. You know, I'm not not full 162. I'm going to have a thing to do every now and again, but I'd say I probably watch probably about 150 or so fucking games every year. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be live tweeting it. And if I'm at the game, I'll sing fucking Sweet Caroline. I'll buy expensive beers. I'll be there with friends and family all the time. But if you don't want to be a part of that because you're not, you, you feel disenfranchised by the ownership group in the product that's being put on the field, I also can't blame you there. So I wanted to get that all off of my chest and I wanted to open it to you to see what you thought about that. Cause I've noticed that way more in the last like week or two discourse like that. 
Yes, it definitely, at least I've noticed in, in my own mentions on Twitter, there are, feels like tons of people within the last month um, are very much, have taken the side of, I'm not going, why would I go? If you're going, you're a pink hat, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Uh, they um, also probably thought that they thought of the term pink hat, by the way. Yes, they really, yeah. Yeah. I, that was actually my thing. I thought of that with my buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't even realize we were still calling people pink hat 20 years after the fact. Um, <laughs> but apparently the, the term is still around. Um, and I mean, Fitz, I think like your take is is the reasonable take. Like if you don't want to go and uh, until you see a product worth paying for, like go for it like that's you're within your right and yeah. I, I if if i was in a completely different position and had had seen how the last five years played out the messaging from ownership changing every which way um the only real investment you've gotten is the devers extension over the last five years i mean i I agree. I mean, I, I don't see why you would want to come out until there's, you know, uh, until you, you, I guess, what's the way I want to phrase this? Like, see the level of care from ownership put into the team that you feel towards the team. Right. Um, so, like, I totally understand those people. I don't understand them ripping on people that, are gonna go and still have a good time yeah. like it's not none of your fucking business like Live me your personally life. yeah it's like i mean me personally and jake said this was a tiny tim ass tweet uh the other day <laughs> but <laughs> it re re boycotting fenway i was like i grew up in maryland so like my memories of fenway are all very recent i went one time as a child in 2002 Outside of that, like all my memories of baseball as a kid were at Camden Yards. So I like me seeing the rest. Oriole Park at, at Camden, Camden Yards, I'll have you know. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The proper term. We don't want to get sued. Um, <laughs> but so I'm like, this is gonna be the second season. Um I've lived up here by myself full time. So it's like I'm still gonna be there no matter what, because this is something I have missed out on for years. And I, so I don't care. I mean, obviously I care if the team is good or not, <laughs> but I'm going to be there because it's something I haven't had the chance to experience. Like to the extent I've always wanted to, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it sounds cringe. It sounds too earnest for this podcast, but yeah, it's not the truth. very not very postmodern of you to yeah. sincerity <laughs> post right now, Mister Fantasy. I was um I, I almost responded to Jake the other day to his when he was like tiny Tim ass tweet when I was like I'll, I'm going to be there no matter what. Um, God, there's a meme I have where it's like uh, of course nice a meme, yeah. nice uh, nice ironic post, bro. Now try saying something true, something yeah, beautiful. Is, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So sincerity is scary. The 1975 great song, but, yeah. um, yeah, it, again, it's, it, it's just a matter of do what you feel empowered to do, do whatever makes you feel happy, fulfilled, et cetera, et cetera on it. Again, if, if you think that you're, you're by withholding your power of the almighty dollar, like if that empowers you, 
as a Red Sox fan, if that's what you think is, you know, doing the right thing, do it up. If you think I'm a fucking ownership shell, then for a, I don't know. You didn't hear the first fucking 40 minutes of this podcast, apparently. But second of all, it's fine. You can think what you want, but. Again, Fenway's a place you go with I, – I go with family members, friends to catch up with, have a good time, act like a fucking donkey, and hopefully watch the Red Sox win a fucking game. Like That's just been a part of life for me, and that's just a part of life that's never going to change. I'm too far gone. And another thing, now that I think of it, another thing, people who are saying that they're going to boycott, I'm curious to see how many of them actually hold to that. I mean there's no way to prove it. Right, there's no way right. to like fucking say forty oh, percent of people you, you cross the, the the picket line of, of boycotting. Give me give me your bank account info. I'm gonna watch these transactions. <laughs> yeah, right. Give the assassination coordinates so we know at all times if 60 you sixty bucks if at you, the truly terrorist. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like Columbo. So, just one more thing. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that there were three cups of the Kettle One Lemonade Vodka in your car last night. <laughs> So, um, souvenir, that. souvenir popcorn, uh, yeah. under, uh, under, um, Aramark. What, what is that for? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice, but you're wearing, uh, Greece heritage pride Jersey from the Red Sox that were only given out in 2024. <laughs> Could you explain how, uh, you got that? <laughs> I, I will like say some that, of those people who say, oh, I'm not going, I'm not, you're going to be right there. Before Memorial Day weekend, going ba ba ba, like you'll be there with me, man. It's fine. You are more than welcome to join. You'll be right there with me. And like, I mean, I get, I get people being angry. It's winter. Yes, it's dark. The team hasn't done anything. So be angry. There's been a lot of negativity on Red Sox Twitter this winter, anyway. So hey, we'll uh, we'll still get our jokes off. Well, you know, whether they're <laughs> negative or positive. But I, I do think, like, I don't know, just to put like a bow on this, it's like. I don't know, going to Fenway and watching the Red Sox is it's so much bigger than John Henry. So it's like if you think yeah. not going is not going to a game or two next year is is really gonna stick it to John Henry. I don't I don't think he's gonna pay any mind to <laughs> No, if it's a lot, so, then maybe. But again, I don't know what the fucking I, FSU I don't see reaction happening. to that would be. I mean, Christ, all the visiting fans we saw last year, they're still gonna show up this year. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays fans were out in force. Mets fans were out in force. Dodgers fans ran the place. Yeah, they're still going to get like, the money. I mean, that if anything, should be a fucking embarrassment to FSG. It should be that. When it's I mean, yes, when it's the opposing fans filling the ballpark. That's yes. what it, that. But would but on the flip side of that, money. you know, F, FSG's still eating there. You know what I mean? Money's money. Green is green. Right. That's yeah. I don't know. It's not a it's not a straightforward sort of a topic, and I don't mean to completely undermine people who do feel empowered to boycott. I I want to make that explicitly clear. If that's something that you feel like you feel strongly about, you should be a hundred percent empowered to do that. I shouldn't be the one to say you know to be the fucking arbiter of that. Nor should anyone. That that's your hard earned money. You know you work fucking forty hours a week for that for that money. You spend it how you see fit. But on the flip side of that, I don't know. I, just, I, I fucking like going to baseball games. I'm going to keep going to baseball games. If that makes me a fucking bootlicker, if that makes me a fucking shill, then whatever. Scabby Mopania. So back there. Yeah. Scabby yeah. <laughs> the rap. So I just wanted to bring that up because I've noticed it the last couple of days. Yeah, we're part of the problem, though. 
I'll tell you that. It's me. Uh, Hi. I've heard it from several people now. So. Yeah. Well, if they say it on Twitter. You know, it has That's to be true. Right. It's exactly. I saw it on the internet. <laughs> Al Gore's internets. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of cool that, I mean, we. You, you, I like the, the, the community point that you mentioned though it is like that's again this is it sports is not just a fucking bottom line enterprise it's not a i'm not rooting for the bottom line to look great for fsg that's not what you fucking root for and some would say well you root for laundry well kind of yes but the laundry yeah. it's more than laundry it, it again you build friendships off of this you do you do podcasts with bad fucking microphones with that shit you know what i mean you get that passed down from your parents, you pass it down to your kids down the line. And, you know, you can share that and that bond over generations. And if people want to live that out in person, I, via con Dios, that's what I say. And if you feel strongly enough that you don't want to, if you don't like the ownership that much that you don't want to give their money, 100% via con Dios do. So I, I'm repeating myself at this point, but I, just, I, wanted to, I wanted to get that all out there. This has been sincerity on Lansdowne. Yeah, honesty on Lansdowne, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had our – we were feeling a little hopeless the first half of the program. Second half here, we're ripping. We're ripping. So Yeah, ripping and tearing. Yeah. All right, irony back on. Uh, yeah. Fucking baseball, <laughs> stupid. Shit, like, time to shit post. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't give a shit about baseball. <laughs> so, all right, is that it? Do we have anything? Oh, the fucking – um, uh, the fan fiction. Shit. Shit, shit, oh, shit, shit, shit. Good call. Gotta... Uh, while, while you pull that up, um, I will say, if you're going to Winter Weekend this weekend, send us pics. Uh, uh, we will not be there. Uh, <laughs> we got to get to a Winter Weekend, though, at some we point. Do. Maybe next year. I, dude, I, wanna, I would go in a, in a heartbeat, um, but I don't have a car, so I can't drive there. Well, um, I have a car. Yeah. So, hey. Well, do that. Might be too late now. No, probably not. I'm sure there's still plenty of tickets available. <laughs> yeah. Could you hit the tables, play some, play some yeah. craps? Watch, I have uh, actually... watch Craps Town Hall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cinco Ocho. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I actually have no idea how to play craps. I mentioned playing craps there a second ago. I don't know how craps works. I've played a couple times. I'm terrible at it. Just yeah. watch out for the field. Hang out in the field. I'm telling you. Again, I don't play know craps, what... they'll know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I know. To, I know. Obviously, know how to play blackjack. I know how to play like hold 'em. You know, I'm not again not good at hold 'em, but I know how to play it. Okay, here we go. So this is from Seth at Smiley Smile Thirty One. Also, shout out to Smiley Smile Beach Boys. Um, we, if you recall, last week we I, I don't even know specifically how we called for some uh, some fan fiction, some Pond Land Sound fan fiction. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I guess if you weren't here last week. Um... We really got off the rails in the last 10, 15 minutes like we usually do. And we began to reminisce about Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions as as one does. Like perfect, um, you see. Yeah, of course. Uh, thinking back to our more hormon- hormonal days. Um, and God, Jake pulled up a, a website that was like fan fiction written by SI models or – about about SI models, so, yeah, we, something along those lines. So Not by about, us. Yes, not by us, uh, <laughs> under a pen name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that's how the fan fiction came up. Um, I, I still don't quite understand it fully myself, but uh, 
then we had one of our beautiful listeners uh, yeah. write up write us a piece. Seth, so. who's always Johnny on the spot with the uh, with with the emojis that we give out. Also, emoji emoji for the week, uh, pencil and paper. How about that? Because we're talking about writing, pencil sure, and paper. Sure. So from Seth at Smiley Smile Thirty One. If you don't like it, uh, direct all animosity towards them. <clears throat> Liam glanced at Jake, unwilling to meet eyes, and with sweat beating down his brow. They both knew where the night was heading. The tension and excitement in the air was blooming like an early April lilac, the season to start anew. Fitz will be so jealous if we ow without him, Jake said with an unnerving tenderness in his voice. I can't keep this in any longer, Liam responded as he put his hand gently on Jake's shoulder. Both of their phones buzzed repeatedly with texts from Fitz asking where they were on this Tuesday evening, blocked out for recording. Unaware that they were together and avoiding the judgment, he'd be sure to saddle them with. <laughs> Jake texted back that they'd only need five minutes. Liam followed up with a maybe ten shortly after. <laughs> Ow! The two young men smiled at each other and were finally ready for the main event. They leaned in slowly on the edge of their seats. I've waited my whole life to do this with you, Liam said. And Jake beamed back, clearly feeling the same. Jake pressed play and they watched Pablo Reyes hit a walk-off Grand Slam over and over and over. Fitz could wait a little longer. End scene. Bravo! That was beautiful. Sadly Shakespeare over here. Just the, just the, the imagery was so rich. Yeah, like detail. the sweat on the brows. Yeah, the yeah. I felt like I was there. So. Yeah, some goosebumps. Maybe I was. The 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 twist ending there, yeah. Pablo. <laughs> hey, what else would we be doing? Get your head out of the gutter. Doy. <laughs> oh, may have lost Fitz. You still there? Oh, he's back. Yes, I can't hear you. Okay, all right. Uh, there's something I, I hit. Uh, my, again, this old fucking laptop. Like it, it just screen like screen just disappeared. Yeah. All right. So I'm back. Okay. Yeah, you're back now. You're good. One more. Please. One more thought before we go. Bringing it quickly back to the Tom Werner, um, full throttle comment. Oh, good. Good note because I forgot to bring up the the other Katillo piece i had a i had a i had a bit to mention there okay you mentioned that bit and then mine's more of a jokey thing to kind of wrap up the show but well this is really just okay so katillo put out a piece on mass live uh earlier tonight i guess he or no so zach scott was on the fenway rundown podcast he had been in the red sox front office for almost 20 years um and he was asked about the tom warner comments and just from like a baseball executive standpoint to hear him say this also makes you like well i wonder if Craig most likely it has this shares the same thoughts or feelings to a certain extent. Um, but so Zach had said this, he said in regards to full throttle, I think it's always risky to make those kind of statements because you can't predict market behavior very well. When I heard that the former baseball executive in me cringed a little bit because it's, Oh man, you're setting an expectation. Maybe they'll be able to reach it. I believe that's the intention. I think when Tom said that, that's how he was viewing things. What they may define as full throttle may be different than what maybe a fan defines it as. And I I don't I think you could really put it much more succinctly than that. Yeah. Where 
Tom was feeling himself. That's what he said. Wasn't thinking about how a fan would see it at the time. And once you kind of let that cat out of the bag. Yeah. And you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, you then, can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Right. So it's like at that point, you're putting yourself in a position. Uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. So, again, foot and mouth. The um, best case scenario is that you meet those expectations in the offseason. And that, that yes. again, that doesn't necessarily translate to regular season or postseason success. But the best case scenario is that you tread water in that regard. You, know, you meet that expectation. <laughs> yeah. The worst case is it fucking crashes and burns. But with that in mind, with March also coming up, we might have to do like a FSG March Madness bracket of like all the ownership gaffes, like funny moments. Ooh. I, think, I, I, I think, like that idea a lot. I, I think actually. Werner's Let's Go Red Sox chant, he, he just wanted to start a cheer. I think that might be the number one overall. Seed. I feel like that's a one seed, yeah. Um, full throttle has to be up there. Um, the uh, Lucino's letter. Or, or was it Lucino? Oh, the, or was, it, the, was that also Werner? No, I think it was Lucino, right? It might have been. Uh, could have been the jovial Mike Avila's and like yeah, affable the, Cody Ross, the like gregarious Alfredo. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> yeah the splendid Marco Scudero and like like that fucking letter. Yeah, yeah, that one's um, in there. That's a top seed for sure. Uh, Henry's letter to fans um, <laughs> after they traded Mookie. And he wrote to the fans, will be like, well, when I was a young whippersnapper, if they traded yeah. Rogers Hornsby from the St. Louis Crawdaddies, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was pretty bad. We might have to brainstorm that tweet at us at pod on Lansdowne. If you have any more, um, FSG kind of blunders over the years. So. I like that. That's a good idea. We can flesh that out. FSG frenzy so. instead of March madness. Kind of workshop that a little bit so in any event for jake in parts unknown it's actually very much known it's los angeles california but for jake for liam i'm fitz you've been you thank you as always for spending your time with us we will talk to you next week hopefully all three of us the uh the, the trio will be back together but until then go socks against all odds and obey your mother I was giving Jake some time. Obey your mother.
enjoyed the great season, have fun, and knowing that better times are ahead for the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, damn, mother!